Hey, Natural Beauties. We hope your Thursday is going well. It's Sunday morning right now. Rosie, Doris, and I are sitting here with our talented and hardworking friend, Kendra. And we're sipping on our coffees, of course. This episode is about how food affects our health and how we can change the way we eat to attack different problems. And we're going to dive into the whole reason Kendra's cooking came about. Speaking of food to fix your problems, Vilao creates food for your skin. Loaded in vitamins, minerals, and a whole bunch of other active constituents, your skin absorbs the nutrition into your body, feeding your skin from the inside out. Completing the regimen of the serums and the moisturizers is like giving your skin a four-course meal, only feeding it healthy, organic, clean ingredients. And on top of that, all of the formulations are waterless, so you're getting a big dose of pure ingredients. So grab your coffee and let's get back to this episode. So good morning, everyone. Hello. Today we have a special guest, Miss Kendra Wilson. Uh, Kendra is founder and owner of Kendra's Cooking a local meal prep business here in Houston. And she's here today to tell us all about her story and her journey on how she began her business and to teach us a little bit about healthy eating, healthy eating habits, and how that you know helps us in our everyday healthy lifestyle. Well, thank y'all for having me. I really appreciate it. And I hope this goes viral. (laughs) (laughs) We do too. (laughs) So Kendra, um, first of all, tell us, tell everyone a little bit about your business. So we are a meal prep company and I consider our, like I consider this company non-traditional. We take the focus of comfort food from all nationalities and make them healthier. So pretty much I just research recipes and then I recreate them, removing the sodium and the sugar out and trying to limit any preservative that may be in the traditional recipe to kind of make it more nutritional. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So you break it down into a healthier version of it. Yes. So it tastes the same. Um, You may need a little salt, (laughs) but I'm not putting it in there. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your journey. How did this all begin? You know, what, what motivated you to start your own cooking business? So it actually, so I, I think when I was pregnant, I watched a lot of Chopped and like Food Network. So I always loved cooking, but what really made me change, I'm Southern. So as you can tell, cooking is C-O-O-K-N, not I-N-G because I'm Southern and I love, (laughs) so I love soul food. So We were stationed in San Diego and my oldest son got really sick. So he's been having sickle cells since birth. We knew that. He developed a cold which turned into pneumonia and it triggered a pain crisis. Um, From that pain crisis, he was put on morphine. And this is a, I think he was 10, 10 at the time. And he would get morphine every 10 hours. Um, so then he started complaining, not 10 hours, every four hours. And they had, it was so easy. They would put it on a little button anytime he felt any pain. He would just click this little bu- button and morphine would run through his little body. But what happened was he became, I guess his body became acclimated to it. 
So when it was time for them to wean him off and try to put him on Tylenol, he screamed of excruciating pain in his head. So they did a brain scan, well, an MRI, and they found what they said was a blood clot in his brain. So I just, it didn't make sense. I mean, I grew up in the hood, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So we have, we always, like, people addicted to drugs. So I was trying to make the connection. I was like, no, this isn't right. He's been on morphine for two weeks now. Like, maybe he's coming off. Like he's withdrawing from the symptoms, but it doesn't explain the blood clot. So they were preparing to transfer him to L.A., um, which is a two, three hour drive um, to L.A. to hook him up to this machine that would basically it's like a bigger form of dialysis. Um, So it would basically filter out all the blood in his body and it would take, I think, Eight out, six to eight hours for them to filter all of his blood out of his body just to hopefully get that blood clot out of his brain. So I asked for a second opinion and they kind of pushed back with that. And after the second opinion, well, after they said that they would give me a second opinion, they decided to do the MRI again. I think it was an MRI, a CAT scan. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but so they did it and it was gone. The blood clot was gone. But in the process of all of this, us crying, because we wow. he was just, they had to sedate him just to keep him quiet. Because oh he was just God. crying so much. and it, So I just went to looking up stuff, um, holistic doctors, holistic treatments. So I kind of made the connection that how we were eating previously wasn't, it didn't work for him. Like, yeah. I realized that he needs more vitamins during the time his blood is filtering out the old red blood cells. So it triggered, like, how can I stay ahead of Mm -hmm. these pain crises? And I tell people that have sickle cell, if you learn your body or or if you have an advocate to kind of document the times before the pain crisis, you can get ahead of it with food. So we started to juice he, he still now to this day, Ashton doesn't eat a lot of meat. So what we did was give him a lot of green vegetables, a lot of whole foods, you know, oatmeal, brown rice. Basically, I didn't know at the time, but basically it was like a paleo diet. So very clean. Okay. That's pretty much what our menu is. It's it's kind of paleo food, but I add a little dairy in there every once in a while. (laughs) But basically, it's just me learning that and then over the years introducing that, especially so with him, his I know his blood, red blood cells are making new red blood cells. I I say that too much, right? (laughs) His eyes turn yellow and it's basically it's something with the hemoglobin, which is in the red blood cells. So now to this day, he can look at his eyes and he knows that his body is making new red blood cells. So if you don't want that pain to happen, he, he, even he's 18 now, he'll be 19 in a couple of months. He will go and get electrolytes. He'll go get juices. And I mean, not the juices you get like smoothies. I mean, just kale, straight kale, lemon, grapefruit, spinach, all of that stuff. It's disgusting. (laughs) No. <laughs> it's amazing that he can read his body now mm-hmm. and he can get get to it before yep. before an attack can happen mm-hmm. so he uh, recently it happened his his father caught strep 
and he caught it as well. Thankfully, it didn't come to us. Um, but he noticed that his eyes changed. So he'll go to the grocery store or he'll order Uber Eats if he doesn't have a way to get to the store. And then uh, he'll take care of himself. So I don't have to do it anymore. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it, so that all was triggered because you decided to do the research and you didn't let the doctors just continue with whatever they had decided. Yep. And they were, oh, they gave me some pushback. They actually, um, I don't know if I can say, so it was a military hospital in San Diego. Mm -hmm. They actually had, I think it's like the military's form of child protective services. And they questioned me um, because, so number one, Ashton has been on, he was on penicillin since he was maybe a week old. And I don't know if anyone knows, but being on penicillin that long, your body becomes used to it. So it's if you ever need it before, it's not going to have the same potency that it had. Uh, like when he first started, started taking it, he had asthma. Well, we were told he has asthma. So he would take the penicillin, um, just the normal vitamins. He would have a daily asthma pump and then he would have a butyrol to like be his rescue Every six months, he would have these pain crises, which triggered a blood transfusion. And then I learned about iron overload, because if you have too many blood transfusion, it'll just make it harder for you to receive blood because your body will start rejecting it, I believe. And it's called iron overload. So a lot of people who are older that have sickle cell, they struggle because their body can't tolerate it because they've been getting it. So that was also scary. So it's a cycle. It triggers yep. a cycle of, mm-hmm. of effects. So that's why they don't technically, that, well, typically they don't live long. Their lifespan is short because they do everything in the beginning, but they forget to tell you about how you eat, your diet. Wow. And the majority, I think it's Latino and Blacks are like the top two who has sickle cell disease. Yeah. And it's usually around places where malaria too is oh, yeah, very I heard about uh, the, common. Uh-huh. So if you had valeria, you're probably like prone to. Mm-hmm. Oops, now we know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've had malaria twice. Really? Mm-hmm. So have Do I. you have the trait? Do I have? Do you have sickle cell trait? Sickle cell trait. I don't know. You have to get to if you, you get married, you have to get tested on that because you know, they otherwise, don't even do that anymore. I asked for it when I was pregnant because we found out through my sister when oh. she was pregnant that she has the trait, and so they asked her, "Does the father have the trait?" She said, "I don't know." So he had to get tested because if both parents have the trait, the child will have the illness. So I got my, my got tested, Ruben got tested, and my kids, thank goodness, both came out negative with no trait. Oh, that's good. But my nephew has the trait. Wow. Is Not it, the illness, but the trait. Is it something that's congenital? Uh, or, yes. Or can you develop down. it when you get no, married? No, it's passed down. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's genetics, basically. Okay. It's uh-huh. genetics. Okay. It's weird because what my didn't know that i didn't know mm-hmm. that either were you born in texas no i was born abroad oh but so i grew up somewhere where there but was she grew, she grew up, up in, in africa yeah well we and, left africa when she was um seven years old well so, i can't believe they went te- so in texas they have a newborn screening so we received after he was born see no one in my family i know we had well i didn't even know i had the trait until they made you do that genetic counseling when you were pregnant but he was my second pregnancy, so we didn't know. Well, we did know because they mailed the letter, but she was negative, so I didn't. My, yeah, my you don't Adrian, you don't connect the dots uh-huh. until something so but, it happens in the family. Ooh, know. they mailed the letter because they did a newborn screening, 
and it was a thick letter. So I was like, what is wrong? Cause he, so when he came out, his eyes, he just, he didn't look healthy to me. And I, I told my husband, I was like, something is not right. Like, what is wrong? He just looked his, it was his eyes. They look, I didn't know what to call it. I said, they look scary. Like he just looked <laughs> sick and scary. He was a healthy baby, but it was something with his eyes and that letter came and I was like, what? But I still didn't know. I trusted them to care for him and they put him right on medication. Did the doctors ever suggest that maybe food could be a way of treating it or that could be triggering the attacks? Nope. Actually, no. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. When I, when I, try to not so when I tried to bring up like how can we help him outside and they was like oh well you'll be a normal boy just make sure he takes his penicillin and that'll help him not get sick it was just very take gen- your medicine yeah. and that's it uh-huh. yes See, that's the problem with medicine at least in the United States for sure they don't get nutritional classes they get four hours mm-hmm. in the whole medical school what eight years uh, yeah, out of the eight years, they don't focus on nutrition unless you're going in a nutritional direction. Uh-huh. It's not a focus. So they're wow. not well-versed in nutrition at all. I can tell you from my personal experience when I was diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. one of my first questions after I got hit with the diagnosis was, so should I change anything in my diet? The doctor literally looked at me and said, nah, you're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, you're fit. You're fine. Yep. And that's it. That's so that's that's it. It. <laughs> And to be so young and be put on so many medications. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine like morphine is just such a yeah. strong oh, drug for yeah. a I child. Mm-hmm. So know? he was just pretty much laying there. Oh, I can't. I, as as parents, I can't even imagine what you were going through. Mm. It was it was tough. <laughs> and I was so young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so young. A young mother and trying to figure it all out. But it's good that people like you and you. Mm-hmm. Like Doris is also trying to figure out certain things with her kids. She, she can me. just uh, yeah. solve problems with through nutrition, mm-hmm. through food. Yeah, yeah I, just I'm, food. I'm treating my son's uh, ADHD through food because I don't believe that just medication is going to fix it. Mm-hmm. It may calm some of the symptoms, yep. but it's not going to help him down the road. Like you said, mm-hmm. when they get older, they still have to deal with the problem. Yeah. So after you made it the changes in nutrition and his diet, what were some of the changes that you could see right away? Those six months visits to get the blood transfusions stopped. Like they completely stopped. So it was less visits to the hospital and we would have to get prescriptions every month. And, you know, back then, well, not back then, because I ain't that old. <laughs> <laughs> you, they, you couldn't get it mailed. You had to go. So it was a trip yeah. to the pharmacy to get those medications. And it's just very time consuming. Um, going to the doctor's appointment to make sure he's tolerating it. It was just, it was, it took over my life. I couldn't do anything. Well, yeah. I, I, I could, but it was, I mean, I we had stair step for kids. So they were all three yeah. the same age. So it... It was very stressful, especially living in a military town with no family. Yeah. Husband working a lot. So it was just me who was pretty much clueless um, <laughs> at the time. Not anymore. Try me now. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Which is You're now yeah. passing along all this knowledge that you gathered and you're helping people out, mm-hmm. which is, is amazing. Uh-huh. Someone in the same exact position with less knowledge. Yep. Back to where you were then. 
Uh huh. How how did that affect his school? Because you said he was ten, so you had also that to deal with that. Ooh, school grades, assignments, getting behind. I believe they. So I noticed when Ashton was probably in the maybe second or third grade, one of his teachers was like, he he's too behind on his reading. So she recommended that I get him held back. She was like, he's technically, so he was third grade, but he's reading at a second grade level. Mm, so I was yeah. like, what can I do to put him back in the second grade? Because I don't want him to have the stress of going to the hospital every six months and then the stress of trying to always, like he was just always behind. But they never held him back. So we decided to move to Texas. So we were there seven years. I mean, they passed him to pass him, but I don't think he ever, because they have like these, not saying, let me try to not sound biased, educational plans that work around your child. They gave him that, which pretty much gave him additional time to do it, but he became handicapped to that plan. So he knew that he didn't have to do things on time because he was like, oh, well, they give me two two extra weeks to do exactly. it. I'm not going to do it. So it became a handicap to him. And I didn't figure out till I got, till he got in high school and it was already. Kids catch on real quick. Yep. You don't realize how much they can uh -huh. adapt, how quickly he does. they can adapt. He, he, he's, he will still try you to this day. And I was like, you're almost 20 years old, boy. <laughs> not anymore. But we eventually got him held back. Um, I think his freshman year, but COVID happened and they went to online school and it just kind of crumbled. So he ended up, we're proud of him. He didn't finish high school. He ended up getting his GD. So now mm -hmm. he's about to enroll to business school. Awesome. Help with the business. That's, awesome. Mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah. Well, that's, that's even sweeter. Yep. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It helps me out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's where you're, let's say, passion, love, uh -huh. out of love through you help out your son and, and see him get better. That's where all this cooking came from. Well, you said you loved cooking before anyway. Uh-huh. I did. Mm -hmm. So tell us, how did that transform into a business? You know, I started in San Diego. I worked part-time and then I took care of the kids. My husband left a lot. So I would host like tasting parties because I was so <laughs> excited to let people try the food that I made. And it was a friend. I love her dearly. Her name was Zoe. She's uh, she's Indian. And I let me tell you how ignorant this is. So I didn't when she told me she was Indian, and I was like, "Well, you don't look Indian." So I'm thinking of Native American instead of Indian. So she's actually. <laughs> so her name is Zoe, and she was like, "You should make this a business." Um, and I started looking into it because you know back in 2000. Was it 2000, uh, maybe 2000, oof, my time is bad. About 2013, 2012, meal prep wasn't a thing. Like, yeah. it wasn't a thing. So, talking to her and a chef friend, um, I kind of came up with this idea. But I was working at the time, so it, it didn't happen, like, yeah. there. But I just knew that I was going to do it. So, when we got to Texas in 2016, get me getting more active and me trying to my husband developed high blood pressure. Oh, wow. So that was just another thing that we had to tackle because he 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 didn't want to be on medication, especially for his career. So I just kind of made it a family thing and just started preparing our meals differently and then start reaching out to other gyms that was in the area. And 
it's time to eat, it's time to eat meal prep was the original name. Um, so it started there. Okay. Now, 2016. You were the original meal prepper. Yeah, yep. OG. <laughs> uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about like your clientele. What kind of customers do you get? What kind of issues do they come to you with? So at first, the craziest thing. So when I started this business, I wanted to focus directly with people of color who didn't know how to eat healthy, who didn't know how easy it was to eat healthy. So that was a heartbreak at first because they didn't take to me. Oh. They didn't know what asparagus was. I mean, where I'm from, we ate corn, green beans, and cabbage. And when I say corn, green beans, and cabbage, I mean cooked to death. Like, <laughs> no no crunch to it. It's just cooked or it's cooked with some meat, some bacon, pork, fat, butter. It's, it just wasn't, I mean, it, it wasn't a vegetable anymore at that time. Um <laughs> So it was important to me to introduce, and my family took on to it. I started going to Thanksgiving, and I would bring like asparagus, sweet onions, and mushrooms, and they would just love it, but they didn't know how to cook it. And then it, it kind of clicked. I was like, it's not that we don't eat it. We don't know how to prepare. My exactly. cousin told me she tried to prepare it, but she didn't break the ends off. So, of course, it was disgusting because the end is tough, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, so let me just try to focus. So I tried to dig into, like, communities and reach out to the hematologists here, but they didn't take to it. So it was kind of, it kind of broke my heart. And I was no. like, okay, well, I still have this great idea. So it kind of went, like, let me go back to the gyms. So my clientele back then with It's Time to Eat Meal Prep was mostly people focus on, like, fitness in the gym and stuff like that. But then it eventually grew to corporate America. A lot of people that travel that don't have the time to keep up with their, like their meals instead of, you know, they have a lot of business trips and they eat a lot and then you overeat and over drink. And you usually get food on the go because yeah. you're in movement. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, but here, since Kendra's cooking open, it's totally different. So that was a challenge as well because I didn't realize that I'm in a college area. <laughs> you're in the perfect place <laughs> so they won't tell yeah. <laughs> but yeah so let's talk a little bit about you talked about you know cooking preparation of the food you know that's an obstacle and, and that's also a reason why people look and reach out to meal preps mm-hmm. uh, rather than going to your local fast food which I think generations nowadays they realized how bad that is, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, yeah, you're in your 20s, you can eat as much of it as you want. It'll catch up to you 20 years later. (laughs) I was 33 when it caught up to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because then, you know, after 40, then also too, like all the genetics start coming out, you know, all those genes that have been dormant, (laughs) they become active. So I think uh, another thing that I know you talk about on your social media and your website is portions. Tell us how important that is. Ooh, portions are huge. Us is so, uh, me, I'll tell you the story. So us living in San Diego, everything. San Diego is more of a Tex-Mex, Mexican food. I love Mexican food. Mm-hmm. So it's Tex-Mex, Spanish. So they ate a lot of fresh stuff. Like they focus more on the sauteed veggies, oh, small yeah. portion of rice, like grilled seafood. I came back to Texas and whew, 
<laughs> it was it was brutal. <laughs> Twenty five pounds came on in a year because I went from. So I was like, "What? I'm still eating the same stuff," and it didn't. It was still like a disconnect. And then I I went to Abuelos versus the traditional, you know, like hole in the wall Mexican yes. place. And I was like, "So this is like this is the." This is the difference. So when I go to the hole in the wall mixing place, they give you rice, beans. You know, it's good. Tortilla is good. But when I went to Abuelo's, I was like, oh, okay. So let me focus more on the portion and eliminating like the how it's cooked and prepared to limit the calories and lower the portion control because portion is huge. It's, it's, it's pretty much disgusting because you can have one meal. That's 2000 calories. And who goes and only eat one meal? You're going to have an appetizer. You're going to have those sugary frozen beverages. Yeah. And it's just, so that's what. And us coffee lovers got to have that coffee. At yeah. The end. Uh-huh. <laughs> like three coffees. <laughs> mm-hmm. So most people, but that one meal, but I'm, I'm, I talk about macros a lot. So that mm-hmm. one meal can basically be your whole meals for the day. So it, it, you can eat that way, but I would break it up. So instead of eating the full meal at one time, eat the, the first, like eat half of the meal now and then the other half because we're human. I want, I don't want to restrain, restrict myself from eating because I love eating the food, but I just don't eat as much. Or I order a kid's meal because you still get the taste of it. The portion is just smaller. Well, you know what they say, everything's big in Texas. So (laughs) the portions are bigger. The butts are bigger in Texas too. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned macros. Explain macros to some of us that don't quite understand what macros are. Because we always hear calories, we always uh-huh. hear carbs, but macros is not something that's very popular out there. So explain to the rest of us what macros are and how do we how do we handle macros? <laughs> so macros are more, It's I think I consider it like more the science behind calories. So you can have 500 calorie meal, but that 500 calories can come from 70 grams of carbs, five grams of protein and 20 grams of fat. Well, if you know that you only have you your to get to your goals, you only have to have a hundred grams of carbs in your meal, fifty grams of protein, and only ten grams of fat. Well, you're that one five hundred calorie meal. You have already ate three fourths of the calorie in one meal. So yes, your calories are low for the day, but you had too many carbs already. So you basically can't eat any more carbs for the rest of the day because you already hit your carb goal. So it's basically your protein, carbs, and fat that calculates to your macros. So you don't too much. So people come in here and I have to legally give them the calories, but people come in like, what's the calories? And I'm like, no, no, don't look at the calories. Look at the macros. Because if you want to get to your goal, you need to look at the macros because you can be under your calorie goal, but have too many carbs. And that's where people get in trouble. Too many carbs, too many fat. So it's like the distribution of each. Yep. It needs to balance out in Mm -hmm. the right way. In the right way. Okay. Oh, that's, that's good to know. So are you a fan of a specific diet or you pick and choose from different things and make your own stuff? So... I like everything. I tend to eat vegan. I'll eat pescatarian. So depending on where I am and what my goal is, my je- my diet will adapt to that. But we pretty much cook everything. So the first thing I ask people, what are your goals? Well, if your goals are to lose 30 pounds in a month, number one, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> and then stop eating. Yeah, you need to basically stop eating. <laughs> So it's, what are your goals? And then the second question is, 
what did you eat yesterday? And that's always the thing. What did you eat yesterday? Well, they they ate horribly. And then they got off of work and drank about two or three cups of wine. And then mm-hmm. they snack a lot. The um, rodeo's going off, the mm-hmm. cook off. So everybody's eating horribly for the last yep. three days. And most of the calories <laughs> come when people think about what they ate and drank is liquid. Mm. It comes from the liquid. They have sodas. Oh, I went to McDonald's. Well, that that soda can't, you know, the cans of soda is like 150 calories. It's just straight sugar, straight carbs. Yes. Sugars are carbs. Carbs is sugar. Um, They basically break down the same. So you had a, a large at McDonald's. What is it? Three cans of a can soda. So that's about 400 calories, all sugar and carbs. Yeah, exactly. Usually when we drink, it's not water. <laughs> and daiquiri spots are on the corner. I've, I've never seen so oh many God. daiquiri spaces. And I, I, I was addicted to them once. I'm, I'm a reformed daiquiri drinker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can sympathize with you. I love daiquiris. <laughs> and it comes at those count because it's just sugar. Sugar yeah. and ice. But it's so good. <laughs> what is the seasons coming? You know, the hot weather? You just, daiquiri sounds really yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how would you make a daiquiri healthier? Is there a way? Yeah, so Tito, so I always, I'm a, I should be um, a Tito's connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> so Tito's, I think it's a Texas made vodka. Is it vodka? Whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. And does that, so it doesn't have any sugar. It is. Um, it's Texas made? Yes, it is Texas made. Come on now. Come on, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't, it's keto friendly because it doesn't have the sugar and carbs in it. So. A homemade daiquiri, I would say, is getting ice, some frozen strawberries, a frozen fruit blended, uh, and then just add your alcohol as a topper versus adding it. Because, you know, you can't really taste it when you blend it together. That's the dangerous part of it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> So add it as a topper uh, and then mix it. So it's 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 better than a there daiquiri. You, go. you heard it. It's doable. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> well, is. That's the recipe that we can attach to this. Podcast. There you go. Tune in after the podcast Two to shots. get your recipe for for this weekend's daiquiri, homemade. Come on now. It's already hot in Texas, so it's, it's okay. It is. It's basically no summer. So, do you have a lot of pushback from people when you try to explain to them what they should cut out from their diet? You know, stuff that they need to change, and they're, yeah, but I really like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I do, especially with the, and it's fun being over here with these college kids because they're all <laughs> healthy. They walk around with their shirts off, and like I tell them, I and, and I, I pull out my phone sometimes. I thought I had my daddy's genetics, so my daddy was six two, skinny. Just, he didn't, I don't think my daddy ever worked out, but just naturally muscular and thin, no body fat. So yeah, I thought I had my daddy's <laughs> genetics, but when I turned about 34, I realized that <laughs> I was Sheila. Yeah. <laughs> your, your mom's genes. My mom, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have my mom's genes. Mom always had the last word. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell them like, you, you're not eating for now, you're eating for the future. So you it's have to sad. tweak your habits now. So it's not a big change like, oh, I have to go on a diet to do this. No, you don't have to go on. Just eat healthy your whole life and it becomes regular. It's it's sustainability, uh-huh. you yeah. know, at the human level. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have any clients that have come to you with maybe skin issues due to allergies or, mm-hmm. you know, tell us a little bit about that. Eczema is huge, psoriasis. The only connect, so I'm not a, I, I explain to people that I'm not a nutritionist, a dietitian. I didn't even go to medical school. I, I barely passed health. <laughs> <laughs> well, you went through the university of life. I yeah. think after your struggle yeah. with your son, uh-huh. I mean, that... It just takes a motivation to get you to do the right research and, mm-hmm. and learn a lot. Yep. So I, my daughter, Adrian, my oldest daughter, she has eczema. She was on steroids at a young age, but I realized how we apply the lotion and what she eats kind of triggers it. So when she went off to college, I was seeing her pictures. She's probably going to be embarrassed now. And <laughs> I was like, well, what have you been eating? And she was like, yeah, mom, you know how they do. So I can, yeah. I can tell. So when we, so we went to basically dairy free, unless we have like Parmesan or something like that. Yeah. So we went dairy free and I know I, I made the connection when she eats a lot of meat, um, mm. especially beef. We don't eat a lot of pork and dairy. It flares up on her skin. So I don't know scientifically what's the connection, but I, mm. that's something that I always ask her. And then I share that to people with skin issues and then about the products they use, the detergent. Yeah. What are they wiping with? You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for girls like makeup and facial wash and how stuff. Clean, like, how, yeah. how clean are your brushes? Are yes. you sanitizing them? Because... And the skincare products that you yep. apply also. Are they the right but one? Your skin is usually a mirror for what goes inside your body. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you can always tell that you have something going on inside that shows up. Yeah. Even eating right sometimes could not be enough because of the quality of the food that you're eating. Mm-hmm. So like, especially the meats. meats. Yeah. Yes. Yep. A lot of them have chemicals, hormones, hormones. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be a multitude of things. Yep. And so I always tell them, like, me- most people have medical medical care. Go and mm-hmm. get a referral for a dietitian or a nutritionist. Let them do an allergy test test. So you can see, I had a client who could not lose weight. Like we played around with her, her, her macros and all of these things, but she wouldn't lose weight. She worked out. She's a cop. I won't say her name. So she's a <laughs> cop. So she works out a lot. She's young, but she could not drop the weight like she wanted. So I, I was a little bit discouraged. I was like, wait a minute. Like I'm, I'm normally, I can normally knock it off of you, but she went and she got a allergy, she got an allergy test and she was allergic to chicken, turkey. And that's mainly what we have chicken wow. and turkey. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know what? It's interesting because we did some research about our dogs. Uh huh. One of our dogs has severe allergies. And um, according to the vet that I spoke to, she said that actually the most common allergy that she sees in dogs is to chicken because of all the nasty stuff that they put in chicken. Uh And Mm -hmm. it triggers a severe reaction in most dogs. Yeah, in their skin. It's in their digestive system, Uh which shows up in their skin. Yeah, which was uh, really interesting for me to... Yeah. to hear mm-hmm. because you usually you think oh it's going to be grains it's yeah something yeah. very specific it appears that chicken is the highest allergen wow mm-hmm. Oof. it's it's a it's funny how like people are allergic to different things mm-hmm. you know different diet issues like lactose mm-hmm. you know i mean chicken that was the first because yeah, that's is, the first time i've heard yeah, it. yeah i was surprised right? it's a, yeah it's interesting because like you said it's something that you wouldn't think about 
So she ended up, so she's more of a pescatarian, vegetarian, vegan now. So oh. she limits her and she's dropped, she's dropped weight. That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's great that you guys, she, but you know, that's also important to tackle it from different aspects. Yep. Like you said, kind of like what you did with your son in the beginning mm-hmm. where, okay, we did the medical and now we're going to do the, do the nutrition, you know, and, and now he knows his body, yep. the symptoms and like with your client, um, also tackling it from different, different angles. See your doctor, see your nutritionist, also exercise, mental health, mm-hmm. all those things. Because like we, like Marie said, all those things will show up yes. on your skin. They'll show up. They'll, they'll show you signs. They'll show mm-hmm. you symptoms. And w- sometimes one way won't tackle the problem. It's a combination of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually lifestyle, you need a, lifestyle change yeah exactly not a trend but a lifestyle whole lifestyle not a trend exactly you mentioned journaling and i've tried that uh and and i've just started so so tell us a little about journaling why is that important when it comes to healthy eating um journaling for mentally and then also your diet so i struggle with a lot of people don't know depression so i through journaling i'll just write down like what did I eat or did I drink for the day? So it's not like what I eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, did I have pork today? Did I have eggs? Did I have dairy? I'll just make a little note of it. Did I have wine? Did I have a daiquiri? (laughs) 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 So I'll just do that along with my thoughts for the day. But what ended up happening is my depression got worse. Like my workload was heavy. I thought it was just work. Um, It wasn't, well, I was working hard, <laughs> but I thought it was just work, but I was like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I should be happy at work. Like, what is it? So I kind of look back in my notes. So I don't have a technical, like a journal, like mm-hmm. their diary. It's not that. It's yeah, just no. like <laughs> little <laughs> notes on yeah. it. Yeah. It's like a, a little notes on my regular calendar that I'll just put like how I felt. But from Looking back, if I go a week back, I noticed, okay, well, I didn't have one drink last mm-hmm. week. I had three, not one, but three daiquiris. Um, I also ate pork and beef. And then I noticed a trend, like when I don't eat so healthy and I'm not focused on eating healthier, that it made my depression worse. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so again, controlling and adjusting. Yep your health, your physical health mm-hmm. with what you're eating. And yeah, and I think the journaling works in the sense that we tend to forget because we're so busy. Yeah. And our memory of what we did is not always so accurate. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and what you do before you go to bed, I had to force, because I'm a TikTok fanatic. I call it TikTok University. <laughs> but I, um, I noticed that I had a trend of getting on the phone until I fall asleep. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I had to pick back up meditating or doing like some kind of stretches like yeah, besides to relax on my phone. your body. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, screen time is not the best. So. It, it's Nice. It's so addictive. addictive. <laughs> it's so addictive. Everyone's addicted to that. It's, uh-huh. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But it, it's good that you figured out that by tracking it, you can adjust. You can see uh-huh. exactly. Yeah. It's learning, learning from yourself. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize the iPhone has, a, like, it'll tell me my time, like, how many. Oh, like, yeah, your text, time. productivity, yeah. social media, like, and my social media was extremely high. and it wasn't for work but you know what i i found that i can set a timer for my tiktok app so i set it to yeah one hour a day Ooh, girl that's hard (laughs) yeah i mean i would say additional 15 minutes but you set it to what you want that's like this news button (laughs) exactly (laughs) but i'm trying (laughs) okay so 
share with us now, is there a one client success story that you'd like to share? You have several probably. You got know, a lot. Right? It's hard to pick from a lot. So I would say a keto client, and it's actually my cousin. That was like the biggest transformations. I'm trying to, she probably going to get me too. I try not to tell my family business, but <laughs> <laughs> just mentally and physically, the transformation. I call my keto program Kendra's Keto. So we don't focus on more dairy as fat. Um, a lot, everybody know what keto is. It's basically high fat, low carbs, no, minimal no protein. Sugar. Uh-huh. Seeing her smile more because she saw the transformation in her body and want to do better was good. I have, maybe I should post a video. I post a video. I recorded a video of her because it just made me so happy to see that she struggled with her weight all of her life. But she ended up going back to her regular way of eating. So it kind of brought her back down, but she knows that. If she eats this way, she'll notice the physical changes and the mental changes Um, with her. It's just how bad do you want it? Yeah. So I try to still go up there and provide food to her and kind of give her hope. But it's always good to know that she's still receptive to wanting to do better. But food is addicting. Yeah. yeah, it's addicting. And a lot of people don't realize instead of spending an hour on TikTok, you could pretty much plan your food for the week. It wouldn't be extravagant, extravagant because I, I consider meal prep like you having your food delivered to you or you can order it and it's there for the week. That's a luxury. Not everybody can afford that luxury. Yes. But when you meal prep at home, you're going to pretty much eat the same thing for the next five days. So <laughs> if you want that, those goals so bad, you'll do that. I've done that before. Yeah. It was, it was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also creating a habit. Yeah. I think we're creatures of habit. It's just a matter of making that decision to, to create good habits uh-huh. and sticking to them. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually they become part of you. Yep. So I think they say you do anything for 30 or 45 days, it becomes a habit. What do you remember? Mm-hmm. What is yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I two it weeks. took me a month to give up sugar. Ooh. <laughs> and I don't crave sugar anymore. Uh-huh. But wow. it was it it was so hard. That really? Month was mm-hmm. terrible <laughs> because I could live off of sugar. Uh-huh. It was all I craved. Mm-hmm. And I could not imagine coffee without sugar. Oh, yeah. That's my hardest right there. Ooh, yeah. But after a month with no sugar, it was gone. There uh-huh. was there was a period of time when I was in high school that I went from my regular diet, which was very sugar heavy, uh-huh. to paleo. And it was because I had prediabetes. So that was when I went to see Dr. Collins and he whipped me into shape. <laughs> <laughs> so I changed everything. But the hardest part was the sugar and bread. Ooh. Oh, yes. Because, oh, and then the dairy because I love cheese but because mm. paleo you don't really have that much uh-huh. at least for the first couple weeks I wasn't allowed any dairy but wow after 21 days it was it you didn't get the jitters anymore uh-huh. you didn't get angry you, it was just smooth sailing wow. you know what I did I started take oh chlorophyll so I don't crave so I used to be a gummy bear fanatic gummy bear and chocolate <laughs> dark chocolate <laughs> but I started taking chlorophyll and I started taking it for the vitamins in it but then I noticed that I don't crave sugar so I don't know what it is about it, but wow. interesting. Mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah, something yeah, okay. And Dr. Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> so have you considered working with a nutritionist? Like I think they would be amazing for you to get to work with Dr. Collins. So I, that's a great idea. Actually, I just because I do everything on my own. Mm-hmm. So I think once I 
have the help and I'm able to, because we do all the cooking, we box, we package, and then we run the storefront. So it's very stressful. So I think once my workload is, like, I would love to revisit that. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Well, we would be happy to do the introduction. Oh, thank you. I think I, <laughs> I met think him that... at y'all open, when yeah, y'all had yeah. the opening. At the, uh-huh. at the launch. Yes. Uh-huh. We've been seeing him since I was little. Oh, wow. He's amazing. He helped so much with all of our nutrition stuff, paleo, keto. Yes. So maybe we can. So we were thinking of, thinking about having like a half birthday party, and I wanted uh, to invite you all, and maybe he should come yeah. and see if. Uh-huh. That'd be great. That'd be great because it creates that community and we're yep. all reaching out for the same goal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about the healthy living. Yep. And, yes. And it could be actually a great thing for you to be able to help his patients mm-hmm. and the other way around. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And he can see the outcome of his work that he's he started because exactly. they'll have that. They'll have that support mm-hmm. that they don't have at the moment. Because it's hard doing it on your own. It is very hard. Mm-hmm. Especially if you don't like cooking like me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god i think i've cooked for so many years oh my gosh i don't every evening but yeah. now if i can not cook forever i won't complain yeah it's pre-made <laughs> so thank you thank you for kindred cooking for being available for those of us that don't or don't have the time mm-hmm. kindred we'd like to thank you for taking the time to spend with us today and, and give us all this insight and congratulations on kindred's cooking if you guys are in houston uh, she's local, 202 Gray Street. Mm-hmm. Come check it out. Come visit. And come have a chat with Kendra. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> glad to see you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode where we look at how food impacts our health and how we can use food to help us heal different problems from the psychological all the way to the physical aspects and everything in between. Check out Kendra's Cooking on Instagram at Kendra's Cooking, which is spelled K-E-N-D-R-A-S-C-O-O-K-N and Vilao at Vilao underscore nature. This week's episode freebie is the earlier mentioned healthy strawberry daiquiri. So take two cups of frozen strawberries and add ice if you like it extra crunchy and blend it. Then top it off with a shot of Tito's vodka or two depending on how hard your day was to top it off and stir it inside with a straw. Then enjoy it while getting all your antioxidants in there too. See you all in two weeks. Cheers!